to the Tenuous Links podcast, home of the Golf Barons. Offering bloviated opinions on all things golf, discussing the game's biggest problems and some solutions to them as loosely as possible. Come add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons and welcome back to another Tenuous Links Golf podcast. Here attempting, sometimes poorly, to help add some swagger to your swing. It is, of course, the home of Golf Barons now playing on Fox Sports 503 and on KO and Foxtel On Demand. Now, today with me to delve deeply into some of the nuances of this great game are both Kipper and Philly, the former locked down in Danistan and possibly with a few under his belt. So strap in, everybody. It could get a little bit ugly, but it will certainly be entertaining Potentially. Gents, great to see you both in here. <laughs> Tell you what, one of, one of the great lead-ins there, Holmes, I've got to, got to be honest. Hello, boys. Hello, Kipper. Hello, Shooter. And it is good to be here. One of the great things about living in, as you so quietly describe, uh, rightly describe it, of Danistan, is it gives you a lot of time to do some thinking. And before we do kick off into the uh, <laughs> into the pod proper, Kipper, what is the, uh, what's the poison of choice on this fine occasion? Ooh, I'm into the third poison of choice. Uh, started with the red, uh, <laughs> ran out of that, moved to the white, and now onto the beer. So I've kind of gone in reverse tonight. They call that the Vladimir Putin. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, since no one drinks beer when they come to my house, so there's heaps of that left, but nothing else. So, yeah. Okay, boys, let's get, let's get into the pod. Now, today's pod, it's going to be dedicated to an aspect of golf that often gets a hell of a lot of attention, um, and, and we're going to get we're going to get all cerebral and possibly a little bit emotional and hysterical too. Boys, let's talk putting. Now we, we've we've long heard and probably even uttered ourselves the old trope: drive for show, putt for dough. It's become such a cliche, and like all cliches. It should be avoided like the plague. But I want to discuss whether putt for dough is actually a truism, boys, because I personally, I have my doubts, and in fact, I actually disagree with it. So that being said, I'm going to flip over to Philly, who's a bit of a bit of an expert in putting or or being a putts. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> but anyway, Philly, your thoughts. Is putting the hardest part of golf, as that saying implies, and the most important part? <laughs> Reminds me of uh, Peppa Pig. He's a bit of an expert <laughs> in putting. <laughs> it remind, so we've gone Danistan, Putin and Peppa Pig. Uh, hold on, viewers or listeners. This could get a lot worse. But I, I tell you, there's an inspiration for the discussion point. And it was our mate Nashi in Forbes, country New South Wales. And Nashi asked the question, and I think it was a really good one. He, he said, Dustin Johnson and a 10, 11, 12-year-old, can both stand over a 20-foot putt and they can both hole it. Without any, the 12-year-old without any training at all. Dustin Johnson and a 12-year-old standing on a tee, DJ's going to stripe at 300 with his fade and a 12-year-old who's never played golf before is likely to have multiple air swings uh, or if you're a shooter, even if you've played golf before, multiple air swings. Hurtful. So the implication from our man Nashi was, does that make putting the easiest part of the game? Let's start with that point, shall we? Which is, I feel like the question I threw to you before that diatribe fell. <laughs> well, I thought it was important that we give credit where it's due, because if we're going to ask people no, for topics... Good on Nashi. Nashi's, I have no issue with Nashi. I have a, have a problem with you avoiding the question. What do you think? Do you, find it, do you think it's the hardest part of the game? What do you think? Uh, I would say. 
<laughs> yeah, well, why don't you just tell me what you think? I would. So, in my opinion, putting is the most difficult because the penalty is greater for bad ones. Um, so, so that's that's how I would start it with. And we're going to go in a lot of directions, but yes, I'm going to start with that, and let's see if I can convince myself otherwise. As we go, Kipper, I'll is go, putting the uh, hardest part of the game? I'll go the other way. I'll say it's the easiest yes, I'm of Kipper all already. of the yes. golfing traits. Kipper, we're agreeing here. This is Can we just high-five virtually? <laughs> virtually. There it is. That's a, there's a first for everything. And Phil's gone white. <laughs> so here's the next question then. Because putting's the easiest part, in the opinion of my two esteemed colleagues. <laughs> esteemed, yes. Um. So therefore, why is it just always been easy? And that's why we haven't seen an improvement on putting stats on tour for the past 20 years. I am bringing stats to the table. Already? You've just glossed over. We could have gone, okay, go on. Stats. No, what, no, what no. Stats I want to go with that because stats, why is it the easiest part of the game? Well, I, I think when I say it's the easiest, what, what I guess I'm getting at here is that, um, as you say, anybody can do it, right? Can you do it to an elite level? Can you do it? Uh, to a point where it saves you more strokes than learning to be a better driver? Uh, probably not, right? So if you chunk down, does it benefit your game? Or could could Joe Punter benefit more from practicing his putting more than anything else? Absolutely he could. He could actually, you know, take shots off his handicap by literally never picking up a club again and just spending every second putting. Yeah, absolutely. They, they could all be better putters. Because elite putters are all, you know, PGA Tour or European Tour putters are... are that far ahead of Joe Punter, it's not funny. But why I say it's the easiest is because every other area of the game, let's call it bunker play, chipping, um, iron play, and obviously driving, can make the normal person, the layman, look silly, but putting, they can kind of join in, right? And, and, and that's, that's, the, that's the reality of it. Like They can join in, they can hold apart, foursomes, is a great advocate of that. Like you can get up there and you know hit it everywhere, but you can kind of contribute <laughs> on the day by holding a putt. And and so it's the easiest skill, but to get to the greatest level, it's it is almost the hardest of all of them because there's a lot more to it than just hitting a ball on a line. Um, you know the mental and the strategic and all the rest of it comes into it. So I'm wearing a couple of hats here, Philip. But it's the easiest skill to learn, but the probably the hardest to get great at. Let me put these two scenarios to you then, boys. So first, you you miss the green on your approach. You chip it close and really close to the to the hole and you, you tap it in for, you know, a, a short little putt, par. Second second scenario, you, you hit it middle of the green. Great shot in, but still a fair way away. You lip out the putt. It's a really good putt, but you lip it out, tap it in, par. You could do it again. You can keep going. Like third, third, um, <laughs> fringe. You hit it to the fringe. You just missed the green. Yep. Fringe in two. You lag putt it. You hit it really close and then just tap it in for par. Now, is it your putting here that's the determining factor that that, that determines on that hole? And I'd argue, I'd argue it's not at all. I think for me, I think it's proximity to the hole on your um, on your approaches or on your other things that's far more important than being a wonderful putter. It's only logical if we look if we look back um, if you go and look at the stats. Don't give me stats. The stats the stats back this up that even the pros will make more putts the closer they are to the hole. Okay, now that just stands to reason. It almost sounds 
almost sounds ridiculous to say it out loud. That Yet, is one of the most ridiculous statues you've ever brought up. <laughs> my, my point is that that's often... Didn't have a stat in it. That's often... That often gets lost in these discussions. Though, no, the, closer, the closer you are to the hole, the shorter the putt, the better it is. So what I'm... My suggestion is, if you... I'm saying that you're better off working on hitting the ball closer to the hole and being being really competent, being really solid at making the three, four foot apart, four foot putts. That's where the money is. It's not in just being. Look at the. Okay, you want me to keep going? I'll keep going. Not really. <laughs> You've dug the biggest hole ever. Keep going. I haven't at all. Have a listen. Have Wait, a look. You're at, on my team. Have a listen here. back. This is the worst, <laughs> worst opening argument of all time. Keep well, going. I'm, well, I'm editing it, so. <laughs> I should be all right. Your Honour, Come on, I'm telling bring us you, home, Dames. Bring I'm telling a, you, Your Honour, it's Going the by vibe. your theory, though, then, Dees, look at someone like your boy, your boy, Aaron Badley, Bads, for oh, yeah. years and years been regarded as one of the best putters on tour, in fact, one of the best putters of all time, and led in numerous stats on the PGA Tour for years, yet never dominated, never, mm. never, um, in, in, I think you've even said in his mind he didn't achieve quite as much as he even no. wished or thought that he would. Brilliant putter. So why didn't he? If he's putting for dough, why has he not got there? And is it because yeah. he's lacking he's... in other areas? One, which might be proximity to the hole in approaches. <laughs> well, well, there's some merit in, in your, your interesting argument there's there, There's plenty though. of merit. It's there, is, there is merit. The closer you are, the more who you hold. Have, that is definitely who would have thunk it? So we should be there. working on that, is my point. <laughs> but... but to, to, I think this this um, driver show putt to do, for dough thing is is every time that I speak to my my guys or girls about this, I, I tell them the same thing: you cannot putt for dough unless you drive somewhere decent, right? Thank you. Because otherwise, you're putting for nothing, right? So sorry, sorry, Phil. Has he taken three positions on no, this thus far? Just just no, asking. No, no, it's no. Become no, a sutra of arguments. No, no, no. I'm, all the same position. Putting putting is the easiest skill to learn out of all the golfing traits. There's no doubt about that. That's actually factual, right? To get elite at it is a different level, right? But the reality of it is, you can't putt for anything decent unless you can hit the ball where you need to. And so, further to your uh, point, Dames, about the proximity, yes, I I agree. <laughs> I'm trying to All hang on. I'm, I'm trying to hang on to your coattails here, mate. I, I agree with, <laughs> with that. But God help us when when Phil brings out some stats. Anyway, nice to join us, uh, Kipper and Shooty. Uh, <laughs> let's start off with the topic today, which is putting the hardest part of the game. I didn't want this to be derailed into a ball-striking fest or a driving fest. This was not about Norman. It is tenuous links. It was not about Seve. This is a question solely around putting, and we are going to delve into it. Is putting the hardest part of the game? Forget proximity to hole. Forget everything else. Is putting the hardest part of the game? No. All right. Here we go. Thanks. But you, you summed it up in your opening argument, Phil. With eleven year old can hold a putt, but he can't hit three hundred yards. So no, it, it's not the easiest part. In in a, in a simple answer, well, you've come back to my side again. So okay, so here's the situation. I'm getting dizzy. I'm trying to keep up with you here, Kevin. Okay, you've got to. So would it be fair to say that agronomy is better than it's ever been when it comes to preparation of green surfaces, both for for us and for them being the PJ Tour or even the Super Golf Leaguers? It depends yes. where you play, Phil. Today, today has shifted me, but yes, in general, yes. Right. So, so we are agreed that green surfaces are better. Are better than they. Yes. yes. Okay. So, if putting is the easiest part of the game, and green surfaces are better than they've ever been before, you could easily extrapolate that without statistics and say, therefore, we should. And I'll deal with the PGA Tour, Kipper, so that it's in your wheelhouse. 
people should be better putters now than they were, say, in 2002. Right. But I would like you to rewind that statement. No, I don't and I'd like you to not deal with the PGA Tour and deal with the masses worldwide. Better agronomy means that the playing, the actual surface might be better. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there's not more undulation or that it's quicker. In a way, it makes it harder for the player if the ball's lightning fast because the agronomy is so good. Does it? So well, it I'd like could. to. I'd, I'd just like to know what agronomy means, and then yeah. I could probably chime. Okay, it's like hydroponics <laughs> for greens. Um, no, but like I, I understand what you're saying. Like the, the elite players should be better because the surfaces are better, they're more manicured and better prepared, and all the rest of it, and smoother and, and whatnot. So there should be a reduction in either putts per green, or you know, if they had strokes gained back then, I, I get that. But I think there's two arguments here. There's there's an elite player argument, and then there's just a a general population argument. So is putting the hardest of them all? No because anyone can kind of do it okay, as opposed to hitting a ball okay. So the answer uncategorically worldwide is no, it's not, it, it, but, 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 but is putting for an elite player the most important part or, you know, I guess the, um, the thing that is the easiest, that's a different question. Cause I think then putting, oh, I've seen it time and time again, costs great players an entire career because they're just so bad at it. So, so Kipper, so, can I ask you if, is the PGA Tour, uh, would it now be faster than it's ever been with more undulation? Speed-wise? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, but oh, that's, how, that's outrageous. Greens? You don't agree with that, Phil? That's out, the undulations, I, I, maybe speed, but not undulation. Okay, so what's a is is speed the most determining factor when it comes to putting, Kipper? D -d determining in, in being able to actually hold it in difficulty, I'd no, say. And no, no, I don't think so. No, because if you look at okay. um, really fast and slopey greens, um, you know, Wingfoot a couple of years back, and then obviously you know year in year out, Augusta is probably touted as one of the slopiest, but but fastest. It's 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 almost easier for some players because they can not have a great stroke and just start it, just tap it <laughs> online without a, a wonderful stroke. They don't have to hit. So why, whenever they trick up a course, do they make the greens really fast? Yeah, yeah purely because those that, that struggle with distance control, right, and also like jamming a putt in so because they're not really confident with their stroke, right, they, 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 then, they then basically go, oh, well, let's make it faster and, and, and harder. It's more the harder, not the faster. It's, but it comes, in, comes hand in hand. As soon as, this is a, okay, as soon as they're harder, they're then faster. So the ball hits the green, runs on more, and then, the, then you've got longer putts, but the longer putts faster. So it's you know, softer, softer greens, but that run quick. They're, they're, the, they're your ultimate. Right, they're absolutely your ultimate because you can stick it close and then just not even sniff your putt. In other words, just tap it and you've got some chance of holding it because your strokes doesn't really matter. Right. So this is the big question then. So let, let's just forget dealing with, with slope on a green. We're dealing with a dead straight putt. You both have to hold a putt to win the biggest event of your life. And I've surveyed, I've surveyed one number of golf pros on this. And thanks to Gary Sterling, I've surveyed one punter. Um, no, I've asked a lot of people about this. Would you rather, if you're lining up a 10-foot putt, dead straight, no undulation, green surfaces are perfect. You want it 14 on the stem, 11 or 8? What is the easiest for you to hold? 18. I want it fast as I can. 
Wood. So just a wooden floor. Yep. I prefer it faster as well, Phil, because the less of a stroke I need to make, the less I can stuff mm. it up. <laughs> so greens. Okay. So so therefore, the the less of a stroke you need to make, the less you can stuff it up. You've just declared that faster greens on the PGA Tour, though, are resulting in no improvement in putting over all these years, despite the greens being quicker and appealing to what you're saying. Your Honour, I'm on a roll now because no, no, here we I'm go. No, no, I'm, no. I'm, We're also saying faster means harder. So no, therefore, no, no, you just said no, no, you no, no, said no. You I, have I to... specifically said faster greens mean harder greens. <laughs> so therefore, when you've got a faster green, you normally the proximity is further away because the ball you can't stiff it like on a wet green. What do you mean you can't stiff it? You can't run one up on a fast yeah, no, green. No, you can absolutely, but in general, oh, okay. Thank in gen- you, Your Honour. <laughs> it's an excellent objection. <laughs> so <laughs> what we have done, Your Honour, I'm going to have to ask you to silence the witness. So what we so have Philly, all agreed. David Philly, now ask that question on a big. <laughs> now ask that question on a big sloping <laughs> green, because you said on a dead straight putt. So there's a big difference between what you'd prefer on a dead straight putt and a massive sloping green downhill. Okay, now ask but, us if we want a massive... fast one or a slow one. But on a massive sloping green, Your there's Honor. a reason that Augusta, they never declare. Here's more facts. They never declare what the Augusta greens are on the stimp because depending on where they are on the course or what the green is, they actually vary it to perfectly match that green and that surface. That is true. So it's ridiculous to say that on, on a dead flat green, they'll have them running exactly the same as they will on a slopey green because there's a lot of other things at play. I'm talking about the final you a very, cut. You asked a very basic question and then extrapolated <laughs> a complex result from it. That's not how this world I'm works, my friend. Talking about your final putt, I'm talking about that critical eight-foot putt because you can't chip. <laughs> that it, You're lucky enough that it's a dead straight putt. You want it on quick greens. And therefore, even on a slopey green, if it's fast, you're going to lag it because... Kipper taught me how to do this, both Baddeley style, Crenshaw style, and then Faxon. You, you taught me how to lag it with my final ball. And so I want with a final ball roll. So not I, downhill on a 14, 16 yeah, step. Why not? <laughs> why not? So, so tell me how many greens you've seen on tour represent these greens that you're referring to now. And Your Honour, I would suggest there are virtually no courses on tour that represent these phantom greens that Mr. Shooty is talking about. I don't know, though, because I just asked Kipper if they were quicker. I don't even oh know. <laughs> 2002. 2002. Five to ten feet. I'm, gonna, I'm just throwing some stats up. I feel like he's got a result in his head before he's asking these questions. Of course, it's, this is You're market research. You're all the best about Phil. He's the only one turned up that's going to be prepared. Me and you both are that shooter. So we're, we're going to lose, but it's going to be a great fight. All right. Market research 101, brief the client on the outcome you want and then tell them to set about <laughs> delivering the outcome. And they'll do it every time. And then paying your overs. Good old marketing. Five to ten feet. Five to ten foot putts. 2000, season 2002. Stephen Allen. Made the most, the highest percentage of makes with a minimum of 50 attempts, 73.13 percent. In 2002, 20 years ago, in 2020, 67.7 percent was the highest make percentage from five to ten feet. Bloke called Bryson DeChambeau. In between them, we had we had Brooks Kepka, we had Retief, we had Ben Crane, we had Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark, man, he could roll the ball. And then Chess and Hadley, Chess, Chess and Ches, Cheswick, Hadley. Well, Chess and Hadley, handy. So Cheswick from uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest in 2021, 71.2%. What range was that? Five to 10 feet. Thank you. Proximity to hole. And what's interesting about that is there's only one of them that basically anybody in the history books will remember. Chess and Hadley. Frightening, really, when 
yeah, <laughs> but when you think about that stat, like it's a very important stat to win, and yet, yeah, only one of them that uh, we and that's know. and that was what Philly proximity to the hole. Yeah, fifteen to twenty feet. Okay, just to give us another distance, fifteen to twenty. Make percentage, two thousand two. Bryce Mulder, straight out of the X Files, onto the putting green. <laughs> Thirty-seven. What? I love Bryce Mulder. Thirty-seven percent. Went out large with Bryce a couple of times in the old uh, Atlanta days. Anyway, carry on. But he was thirty-seven. I'm not sure that's quite a ding. <laughs> Two thousand five. Come guy. on, work with me. Uh, actually, it was Jacobs Creek. I think Bryce Mulder might have knocked off Shane Tate in the Jacobs Creek. I think you're proving my point, Phil. Proximity to the hole. Bob Heinz. Hang on. Bob Heinz. Two thousand and five season. So Who? two thousand and five season. Five to ten feet. Ben Crane. Sixty-eight percent. From 15 to 20 feet, Bob Heinz, 27.64% was the highest make percentage. All the way through, Hunter Mahan, 30.63. Ian Poulter, no improvement. Whatever no. happened to Hunter? Geez, he was good for a while there. So he, what, it, he had those weird have, glasses. Have you done this and gone back to fairways in reg and greens and reg? Oh, thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. So with a minimum of 50 rounds played, fairways hit 2005 season, Jay Hart. Jeff, John, Jared, Jerome, me, Hart. 75.97% of fairways hit. Is that for a season? For a season. Jesus, that's, that's handy, isn't it? Into Omar Uresti at 76%. This is Francesco Molinari at 76.88. And then Ryan Armour, uh, Ryan Reg, Ryan Ralph Armour, Reg, the third. 73.86 in, 20, in 2020. So again, we haven't seen, we're not hitting more fairways. Mm. As a percentage, but yeah, distance. But then distance has gone longer, and therefore, hang on, hold on. Miss percentage should be higher. Yeah, hold on. Two thousand and five, distance. Scott Hend, three eighteen point nine yards. Bryson in two thousand twenty. Fifteen years later, three twenty two point one. Four yards. Yeah, but different. Not forty yards difference. Four yards difference. Yet when we get to the green, our putting's not improving. So my question ultimately is going to be: as I keep going, greens in regulation. 74%. Neither is driving, though, is what you're saying. That, that is, this is my exact point. Yet what relies on agronomy? Which, which part relies most on conditions for improvement? The greens. Because when the ball's in the air, it doesn't, you can't get a bad kick off a cloud. Yeah, but, but, I've but, seen it happen. But, but, but there's so many times where wind, you know, uh, air temperature... Oh, barometric and, and pressure. Jet- oh, here it goes. No, but that, that, that oh, makes man, a huge difference pressure. to ball flight. You might get one day at a four where your ball goes where you would normally hit it. Yeah, and they just got really unlucky when they did the stats. Now, no, there's four rounds of stats. So there's only one day that are re- actually is probably relevant in terms of uh, is, is anybody getting better at hitting fairways? So what I, took out of, what I took out of all of Come that, on. though, Phil, was <laughs> Look at Phil that the closer you are to the hole, the higher the percentage... <laughs> goes by plenty so you need to get better at hitting it close to the hole yeah i love i love those who just sit on the on the left bench and he would just bring up uh excuse me your honor he's uh he's said the same thing again <laughs> that's gold so talk to me then about scoring so shoot it to your point so our scoring percentages our scoring averages 2020 webb simpson lowest scoring average 68.98 shots per round tiger woods 2005 and I know he goes okay, this guy. 68.66. So into Matt Kuchar, 69.61, and then Jordan Spieth, every five-year gaps. So my, pol- my whole point of this, putting is the easiest part of the game, and agronomy is improved out of sight. Yet at a PGA Tour level, we're continuing to see guys 
invest in more technology than ever before. They've got launch monitors and coaches and swing coaches and all these other things, yet we're not seeing putting stats improve. And it's the easiest part of the game. Does that therefore mean that we are at the pointy end and this is as good as you can putt? Is that actually the... the... And, and that it's all sort of incremental well, coming from here. I, but yeah, I do, but... So no, well, I'm just saying that you, you've just said that if you agree with no, me and Shu at the start of this podcast saying it's the easiest part no, of the I game. I said if it is the easiest part of the game, why is it not improving? when the greens are quite clearly better than they've ever been. But again, Phil, so this is the point that I was trying to make that clearly neither of you no, numbnuts not interested. understood. What I'm saying is for, when, for the agronomy to be better actually makes putting harder. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make because, because, because you can make the, the green so much quicker and a, a quicker putt on a massive sloping putt is a far harder putt to make than on a putt that is slower. Yet there is no evidence to support your assertion, Shooter, that they are making greens quicker than they were in 2002. Which is why I clarified that earlier <laughs> with Dion Kipping, who threw himself under the bus. <laughs> yes, they are far quicker now than they were. I rest my case. I, no, they're, they're definitely quicker than what they were. Definitely. Uh, Thank like, you. Yeah, let, Thank you, Your Honour. Let's look back in de decades gone by. 100% they are. Thank you. You only have to look at the way these people hit putts in the 1930s, 1970s. Oh, 30s and they 70s. What's wrong with the 40s, 50s and 60s? Yeah, you're, you're right, though. You're mate, right, Kipper, because you used mate, to they, see they, the ball bouncing. Mate, they all had wrist hinge and they smacked oh, the ball towards the cup. Some of them even chipped it in, right? So, no, the Greens were not even close to what no, they No, no, but we're talking 2002 to 2020, not 1922. Yeah, yeah. To so thanks no, for so, taking so, me so. back to gutter perches, and I appreciate what you're yeah. saying. But the balls are largely round these days, and I've checked enough to know. So, so therefore, with all these givens, so what I'm trying to understand, because now we'll get on to the next part of it, which is... Another part. I love how you just think, oh no, they're just going to agree with me no matter what. No, they, they are. Because, because it all comes settled, back to the one Let's just pretend it is. So, Joe and Josephine Punter are heading out to play golf this weekend unless they live in Melbourne. Because um, I don't think, I mean, you can practice at home, but it's not as important. And in fact, you can take flags out now all around the country, except in Melbourne where you can't even look at them. But the reality is, is they're going to get, they're going to get to the first green and they're going to have no more clue about what they're doing on the greens than they had previously, despite the fact that they have better putter technology and micro hole and micro roll and micro groove and, and hinge and flip flops and pure rolls and these inserts and terillium and terangium and all the other rangium brothers. Everything from the ion family has been used in an insert. Uh, we've got high MOI. We've got, we've got hosel shapes. We've got forged and cast. We've got milled faces. So if putting's the easiest part of the game, why are we not putting better on a weekend? And why is scoring not getting better? Because handicaps are not coming down. So, Philly, is your, is your, the strength of your argument based <laughs> around the fact that you don't think that putting um, in a scoring sense has improved over a long time? I'm, yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't mean that it's not doesn't mean that it's not easily. You're, you're, you're conflating and, arguments. And, like, but it's a different argument to saying it's the, it's the easiest. It's the easiest. It is the easiest. That's a fact. But... It's a fact. But, but I, I totally, I'm, I'm on your side here, Philip, in terms of, you know, it hasn't improved. And, uh, you know, there's, there's probably a range of reasons why it hasn't. But, but yeah, I totally agree So if putting's the easiest part of the game and technology improved, why are putters the last thing we spend money on? When it comes to building a golf bag, the, la the, the putter has become the afterthought. It's the forgotten beast. Because they're so damn expensive, Phil, as a start. 
people don't like investing huge amounts of money in their pro- i mean you can say drivers yeah sure but more to the point because we've all made putts with incredibly simplistic mm. putters at some point I, yeah mm. I, when i'm co- when i'm coaching my my clients the one thing that they never ever ever want to do is have a putting lesson ever. <coughs> oh yeah <laughs> Let's just call him out. Mark Davis never <laughs> likes to have a putting lesson, right? The guy could play off plus six if he just could putt. Um, he's an amazing ball striker, but God, putts like a you know, horse. Anyway, easiest part of the game, though. It, but but it, it, well, yeah, <laughs> it is the easiest part of the game. He's worked so hard to, to gain a magnificent action. But point is that I think you know putting in a sense when you when you get down to that level. Yes, you've got to work hard to get the gains, but you can't see them as easily as what you can see a gain in, you know, five more yards or ten more yards. And <clears throat> excuse me, especially with the, you know, the growth in launch monitors and whatnot, where you can actually quantify your ball strike and go, oh, that's a 1.48, you know, you know, hit smash factor, and there's my ball, and there's my ball speed, and geez, I'm compare myself to Bryson. You can't compare yourself to those guys putting or those girls putting at all, other than. Yeah, now they've got the old strokes gained, but but putts per per well, putts per green. It's it's also a relative argument because you know Josephine goes out there and and hits hardly any greens, but only has thirty four putts because she's putts because, from off because the they're chipping all the time or <laughs> putting. Absolutely yeah. right. Where if someone goes out and hit, I remember Robert Gutierrez, we played a congressional, one of the best ball striking rounds I've ever seen in my life. He hit seventeen greens around congressional and shot two over. I'll never forget it. Like he, he just flagged it all day. And Bads, who I, <laughs> I was coaching at the time, um, Bads is out there. He, he literally hit, oh, I, I can't remember, it was something frightening, like four or five greens for the day and shot the same score, hold everything. Like, and I mean everything. It was He could have shot 90. And Sounds similar to the scenarios I presented earlier. And we, and we saw we we saw Gutierrez at the bar at so we went out for dinner later, and we just happened to go to the same restaurant. And he wasn't eating; he was just at the bar. And I walked past, and he goes, "Come here, boys." He goes, "Look, just do me a favour and tell me how you do it." Because he goes, "I couldn't hit the ball any better today." And he goes, "It's just disgusting that I had the same score as you." And we both laughed. We're like, "Yeah, sorry, man." And, and, and said it's because it's the easiest part of the game. I mean, surely mm. you turned to him and said, "It's because this is a snack. And it's the <laughs> easiest part of the game." No, because he, he would have stabbed me. Yeah, um, but what what do pros spend more time practicing on, putting or on their iron play? I'd, I'd almost say putting in the end, Dames, but but I reckon okay. it's been a long journey. To no, get no, just there. putting. Not put anyway. Sorry. No, yeah, but no, no. You're right, Phil. Like, absolutely. Like, the most of the the difference between the elite player, and that's where the saying comes from. You know, drive for show, putt for day, because they all hit the ball pretty decent. And on any any given day, they hit roughly the same amount of fairways. You know, eight to eleven fairways. They roughly hit the same amount of greens, nine to twelve greens, as a general rule. But it's whoever holds the clutch. You know, eight to ten foot putts for par, which Tiger made. You know, basically his bread and butter over that whole journey. They, they then kind of kick on and, and have that score and they do it over four days and it makes a difference of five to ten shots. And, and that's almost the crux of it. But Yeah, but you know, at, the, at the same time, doesn't the missed approach shot, um, does that not hurt equally as much as the missed part? Mm. Yeah. And like, why, why is it? Is it because that's the, the end result that we're trying to it's, get? It's more that, obvious. That a li- yeah, that we look at it and go, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's, if, you, if you take it to, to different sports, it's like saying that... That a um a, you know having a shot for goal late in a game in you know, AFL if we're talking about it 
you missed that. You, you might have missed five earlier, but it's the one that you missed at the end that cost you the game. Yeah. And why do the other five not matter? Yeah. And it's the same when you look at some of the great ball strikers of all time. You know, Peter O'Malley, Australian guy, uh, comes to mind. Amazing ball striker. And in the end was very ordinary at putting. Cost him dearly. Right? And, and you would always say, oh, if he could only putt. Right. And, and, and my boy, Allenby, right? when I got on his bag, basket case for putting. Now, when you in, got on his bag, interesting. Yeah, he was absolute basket case, and he'll tell you himself. Like, but when he was a junior, he yeah. was he was a jet, right? And and putting well, and also his ball striking meant that he was basically unstoppable. Putting dropped. So what off. was the difference? What was the difference for him from um, amateur to becoming a pro? I think what did he what did he drop off in? I guess well, definitely technique. That, that is definitely an issue. He started to get you know, very wristy, and the stroke become very horrendous, and, and all the rest of it. But confidence and all that sort of stuff plays a big part in distance control and green reading. Not only do you have to start the ball online, but if you can't do that, out goes your green reading, out goes your distance control, and, and then the confidence side of things, you start to think you've got the heebie-jeebies. So, yeah, there's a b- bunch of reasons, I guess, why, why he, he got so poor, I guess, as a putter. But to watch him come back and watch him over the journey get better and better and better over putting over you know sort of a, a year or two space was, was lovely to see because you can sort of, you could see a, a person that you know could have went the other way almost like Hogan did at the end of his career where putting you know became that hard for the guy and and even it's though it's hor- part of the game well I know and even Ernie Els what a turnaround like he, he was a basket case probably about six or seven years ago or maybe more uh, seven or eight years ago like horrible putter right do you remember uh, it's five or six putt in the first of Augusta do you remember that um that the, the 17 at the President's Cup. He yeah, had I know, a one-foot f- one putt that didn't yeah. touch the hole on the but next then, green. Yeah, but then to come back over the last, you know, probably four or five years and, and and play some really good golf and get back to putting, it takes a lot of metal once you once you lose your little um, way. So I don't even know what this argument's about. In the, no, in the, so in, therefore, in the to invest, so to Shooter's <laughs> point about do they spend more time putting or otherwise? Sometimes, you know, to use a business analogy, you some. Customers, you've got to invest in to grow them, and others you've got to invest in to maintain them. And in reality, what it may well mean is that all this time they're spending putting is about holding their level as opposed to looking for extreme gains, despite the fact that every now and again there's going to be a lapse. So this gets on to my next question about putting, and I'm going to point this fairly and squarely at teaching pros like your good self, Kipper, and a bloody good one you are too, just in case <laughs> anyone's looking for a lesson. He's got, he's if got you're allowed out. Would we have more putts if you backed your gut feel and went with point and shoot, or would it make zero difference for an amateur? I think I think you'd have I think you'd putt better. I would. So why teach pre-shot routines and all this other crap? <laughs> no, so he's he's undermining himself. No, here. no, I'm not. Like honestly, most most people, if you like, I've done this with some of my clients where I've taken them out, putted left-handed, right-handed. You know, um, doesn't really matter, right? What style of putting stance I take I can almost putt better than them sometimes because I've I've learnt the craft so so much that you understand you know I guess the general feel of a green and and the break and where to look and feel and so therefore technique at the end of that I guess journey doesn't matter anywhere near as much so yeah if you get a client out there that's really struggling with with their technique and they're horrible teaching them to look and shoot is is the, probably the, almost the best way to go just like you know what what do you see get up there just try to try to start it online the end is that not dependent on how good yeah, their hand eye coordination that. is as well if you get someone who's who's really not gifted in a hand eye um then golf might not be sense. their game 
technique's well, going to take them over. Oh, you seem to have gotten through all right, Phil. <laughs> well, well, it was interesting doing the um, the putting um, challenge or basketball or you know golf basketball with um, with Phil three from three. because yeah, Phil's obviously a very competent player. But watching him putt different break lines from a high line to middle to to, to straight um, line, he was exceptional at adapting. Uh-huh. You know, straight away. He, Keep going. Lou nodding. Yeah, Lou, he's happy. <laughs> no, but he was. He was absolutely exceptional at adapting. Um, but that's where you get when you become a good player. Like, you can tell a player, oh, guess what? You know what? This is really quick. Just give this lots of break and let it let it die in. And they take that information in and can make that adjustment. But to someone starting out, they don't even know what that means. They're yeah, like, what does quick absolutely mean? Absolutely. No, how much is that much? Yeah, exa- much exactly right. And, and they're like, oh, I don't even know which way it's going. And... So I guess from a, from a learnt skill, as come back to the original question, from a learnt skill, nice. it's the easiest to learn because anyone can just hit a ball in a hole from three feet to six feet to 12 feet to 20 feet. They can all share in that experience. But to get elite at it, it then switches to the driver's show putt to dough. I, I fully uh, am on that bandwagon because I've watched so many elite athletes not be able to close the deal with putting and it's cost them. But how much of that is also that the focus when a, when a game is is dropping, the focus goes towards a player's putting. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that, so people will make far more of a deal of someone um, not putting well or missing putts mm. that you'd expect them to get, yep. and then build it up and build it up, and then it gets in their head and it makes it harder and harder. Yeah. Then they would they they're not quite um, they're not quite hitting you know they're not quite flushing their irons mm. like they used to. Yeah. And that and you you know as well as anyone that if you're not flushing those irons, you could be out by 10, 15 yards yeah. easily. And that makes a huge difference at the other end. Yeah. Well, I remember you're spot on there, Dames. Absolutely, yeah. And also golf from a sense where when it's covered from, from different um, uh, networks, they spend, oh, I would say, I don't know the stats on this, I'm just absolutely pulling out of the sky, but I would say they spend, oh, I reckon 50% of the time focusing on green uh, shots rather than fairway shots because I don't know there's more I suppose closure to the hole like oh he made the birdie or she made the putt or you know, whatever it is but there's that much time focused on green shots it's not even funny we, we see far too many oh, tap-ins mate no a ridiculous amount right absolutely and when I first started caddying for Allenby one of the things was because I, I looked up all his stats and I already knew he was everyone always told me he's an amazing ball striker and I knew that anyway but I looked up his ball striking stats versus his putting stats. And, and further to your point, um, Shooter, about the proximity to the hole, he wasn't that far off with proximity to the hole. But if you looked back them days, they didn't have stroke, strokes gained. They just had you know putts per round, and that's what you know, everyone looked at. He, he ranked 171st at, at the time when I, when I got together with him in 2007 on, you know, let's call it, um, putts per round. But I then had a chat to him about that, and I said, you know, you're putting, how do you, how do you see yourself? And he goes, oh, I, I'm almost, I'm last in the field at putting. And I said, what stat are you looking at? And he goes, well, what do you, you know, you know what stat? <laughs> he went nuts at me for a minute. But then there was the old, uh, you know, putts, putts, putts per round. I'm like, yeah, but you're hitting so many more greens than most people. And so we started chunking down on it. And I ranked him with all the, the different stats we had and, and basically breaking it down. I ranked him about a, a 78 or an 88 um, ranking out of the top sort of 180 or thereabouts that bounce in and out of the 150 that show up each week. About 188 that, that, that are there, he was about middle of the field 
But I said, if we can get you down to the to the to the last third, into the you know the top thirty or top forty, which you know that then will make you a world beater. And that was our goal. That was an entire goal, right? And that's what we chased down over the period of, 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 of I guess a little bit of time. But it wasn't about him getting changing his mindset over on on, on the worst putter. It was about him understanding that, geez, I'm, I'm actually not. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm really not. But he, yeah, he he sort of was. But uh, <laughs> so therefore, from a from a, a putting point of view, maybe all this practicing the pros are doing is all about putt for show, and I mean that is in practice putt for show, mm. because they don't know what they're trying to improve. They they bring out launch monitors and they bring yep. out all these other things from a technique point of view. What was fascinating in the last little while was was discovering Jason Kokrak's caddy suggested that he go to a thirty-six inch putter because he was gripping the putter almost in the middle of his palm. Kipper, have you ever? to anyone that you're carrying a bag for, suggested a, a gear change or particularly a, a putter change other than just technique or focus or green ready? Yeah, absolutely, yep. Shorter putters, I think, uh, I, I can't believe 35 inches standard. I really can't to this day. Um, you look, Yet again, I, I do a lot of history reading over, over technique. You only have to look back at the stances of most of the greats back in the day. No one no one had a long putter. Well, yeah, 35 plus. Oh, no Moody. But they were, they were hunched over way more. Obviously, they had a lot of wrist hinge and all the rest of it. But So that's the one thing that I always talked about to, 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 to my players is that take your stance and have a look at and then strike point and grip and arms and arm plane. That, they're really important things. And therefore, most people are suited to probably 34, 33-inch putters in general. So that, that's definitely a gear change to, to your further your point. Phil. Philly, Philly would still be 42, though, wouldn't yep. it? The only other thing that I was massive on, Phil. Got short arms was so the gear change there was height yes the, the shaft length needs to, needs to change but the 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 big gear change that i'd make all my guys do i learned from going to scotty cameron's factory he sort of just hit it big in the um, rolling the off the tongue today keep it well not really slurring but uh that's okay um <laughs> falling. no he um he <laughs> falling off the tongue. he uh he just hit it big in the in the late nine he's got his own brand off titleist and all the rest of it and that's when bad started to become good so we got invited to scotty's um scotty's factory in carlsbad and it was I'll, I'll never forget it because it was so confronting the way um scotty cameron looked at putting compared to how i'd seen putting taught or um even talked about for, for forever. Like he was so specific, it was frightening. He had all these cameras around the, the putter face and on your body and on your arms. And he waited for the concrete to heat up to, I think it was 67.8 degrees or something. It was something bizarre, but the concrete on the floor had to be at the right temperature. Right, he turned on the, on the um, that, that um, electronic um, you know, heaters through the concrete. So we turn on the, the floor to heat up to the right temperature because then he knew the break of the, con, um, the concrete that you were putting on. It was unbelievable the, the specificity he'd go to. He'd then look at your stroke, he'd look at everything under the sun and then measure the launch angle. And the way, keeping it simple, the way Scotty liked it to work is he liked everyone launching at four degrees, which meant over a 15 foot putt, the ball would hover uh, for about five and a half to six inches, purely the equator of the ball would not move. It would just move. It would lift off the canvas. So the, um, the, the the four degrees would lift the ball off the canvas. The equator would hover for five or so inches, then hit the canvas again and start rolling with perfect ball performance out to 15 feet. So he always measured over 15 feet because he knew those stats, launch angle, coverage of uh, airspace over the, um, the, I guess, the initial takeoff of the ball. And so he would 
whatever stance and, and, and technique you had, he would make sure your launch angle matched that ball performance. And then he would go, right, bear with me. I'll have your putter ready in you know three or four days. And then he'd go away and make your putter. And then he'd give you that putter. And that's why those putters were so special to, to pros and why they, they're worth seven to 10 grand is because they were so specifically made for your stroke, for your ball position, for your stance width, for your front tilt, for your arm plane, for everything. They were so specifically made that, that you know, he, he just gave them to you. He didn't even charge you. But then what that did, obviously, for his name and for titles was, was off the charts. But it's the first time I'd ever seen such, such um, diligence taken to putting. It was incredible to watch. Uh, yeah, so and we haven't seen any improvement. I was going to say, yeah, as Philly said, there's been no improvement. So how much yeah. of that is marketing? Well, I, I don't think it is marketing. I, I don't think it's improvement. Like you measure the improvement in in stats for for holding putts, right? So th- there's probably five or six factors that come into holding a putt. All uh, going you know, in's one of them. All going in grass. You know, what type, what time of the day, whether the filaments are st- or the grass grains are standing up or down. Barometric pressure. Um, absolutely. Did, <laughs> well, did we mention to, going to, in? To an extent, you know, <laughs> pace, uh, all that sort of stuff. So there's so much that goes into, there's a lot of luck um, involved in putting and, and regardless of what you class luck as. But I remember, uh, yet again, vividly chatting to Bads about this. He would hold some putts and walk off to the side of the green and I'd walk up and say, you know, good putt, mate. And he'd, he'd just give me daggers. And he said, it was not. And he'd be so angry at me. And he was just doing putting strokes next to the green. And then other times, he would, he would miss a putt from, from short range. And he'd walk off to the side and he said, that was a pure putt. Because he, he always was process producers result type guy. So it was always about stroke starting online with where he thought it would be and the right kind of pace. And if it went in, it went in. And if it didn't, it didn't. So th- there's so much to it. Um, the easiest the part of the game. At an elite level, yes, <laughs> Philip, it, it, it is very complex. So from a but technique... Is, from he, a technique he's really struggling with a concept that it can be an easy thing at an amateur level, but to be absolutely refined at it, it takes a lot more. He's, <laughs> he's really struggling. battling with this theory. <laughs> no, no you see easy because you can make contact with your five putts. It's easy. So it's, define, it's define con- easy then. Mate, so good. No, you I fall. want you you're to. A, you're, you're a hell of a putter. Technique. Anyway, I've moved on. So what's that's, changed? That's why he holds his position. <laughs> he doesn't what's want to talk, what's like, changed yes, and what hasn't changed from a technique point of view in terms of fundamentals of putting now versus when Crenshaw was rolling it and faxing? Okay, so what I'd love to look back at, and you may be the man for this, Philip. I'm oh, yeah, sure, I've got some I'm stats. I'm not sure how far stats, yep. stats go back, but I would love to look back at um, putts made inside of five feet. Proximity. Yeah. Uh, over the last 120 years. And I reckon there'll be a bell curve. That'll be... See, that there is the exact stat we need to know, Kipper. And Philly, mm. you're the stats, man. This is the only one that matters in this whole discussion. Be- what have you got? Be- be- because technique has improved, start line's improved, because people have got less wrist, wrist hinge and, and flicking around in the lever. So that, that that's factual. But whether hand-eye of the greatest players has improved. Probably not. I mean, you look at Byron Nelson, the way they all used to putt. Jeez, try, try going out there and try not to have a three-putt. It's impossible. Um, it's really hard. Like, they're so, they were so talented. But but now you look at even, you know, you look at the, the lock-in putters like your, uh, your Byrons and your Cooches and the guys that, you know, left-arm lock it or whatnot. Um, from a movement point of view, start line's definitely improved. But does that actually matter when it when you're talking about 
brake and curvature and, and feel and all that sort of stuff. Like, there's no doubt techniques improve, but holding ability is, 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 is a different thing at a late level. It, but isn't that the clearest measure of whether a technique imp- has improved is that they're going in more? Is that not the clear? Like, if you asked no. Josephine Punter, oh, no, my technique's got worse. It's just I'm holding more or my technique's yeah, no. got better and now I've gone out five shots. But, hey, I'm glad your technique's got better. Is score yeah. not the clearest? Okay, so, so, so you go, go for someone like a – I'll dames will love this – Buddy Franklin, all right? You put him in the left-hand side of the pocket on his left foot running from 60 metres, you'd, you'd, you'd put him against, oh, I reckon, three quarts of the competition, you'd back him in. But statistically, shouldn't be backed in at all because he's a freak. Right? He can just, he can, he can cook, kick it almost out of bounds and hook it back in. But so, so from a technique point of view, he's a disaster. But from a talent point of view, he's an unbelievable. Yeah, but, yeah, but I guess it's for, an in, for the individual, he will pot, he'll pot that however often he will. But slip, flip him to the other side, and he's quite poor there because his technique is poor. It's right, 100%. So you're, so you're quoting state versus freak as a precedent court case in this debate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating. So if you look at, if you look at um, Gentle Ben, you look at Ben Crenshaw, you're talking about wristy, you know, techniques are improved. Is he then a, a, just a, a freak that you say, like Larry Bird did not have a pure shot, but Larry Bird was a pure shooter. Is Crenshaw just one of those gifted exceptions to the rule and outlier as such I, I, I believe so yes right that was good um, so from a- no I do because because he, he his technique itself um, and even Faxon like Faxon here again I'll, uh, I'll name drop here again <laughs> the when we went to um, Scotty's factory Scotty Cameron's factory he he brought up cringe uh, not cringe sorry um, Brad Faxon's let's call it ball parameter stats and and, and impact stats and his stroke, from a let's call it a visual point of view, from the from the actual you know stroke stroke tracking and all the rest of it, was horrendous. It was it was sort of inside and back, then over the top and outside to in, and he cut putt everything right. But he then had the data point. It wasn't you know Sam Putlab or anything like that. He had different um, ways of measuring it. But his start line over I think it was fifteen or twenty putts ranked number one out of any person that he's ever tested in the studio. So his ability to create that pattern inside over the top cut, inside over the top cut, was so phenomenally good that you know, what could could you could you want to fix it? No. Or, and, or is and, his technique? Is that the technique we should have been following? Well, well, here's the thing. Fact, facts, and seen it. Oh, it's not seen. That's the worst wording ever. He saw it, and he said, that, "He said that, <laughs> that is to it. say, he saw he it. Quite <laughs> seen it. Had a look. I seen it." <laughs> Anyway, um, Fax had a look and, he, and, and Fax said to, to Scotty, um, I love what you're doing here and I think it's brilliant and just keep making my putters, but I never, ever want to see that visual again. Turn the screens off when I come in. And so he had to turn all of the screens off every time Fax came in to putt. And all that he would do is measure all of the data points and say, Fax, look, your ball position's off by a quarter inch or whatever, or and Fax would change that back to where it was when he was putting his best, and then he'd go away with, and, and that would be that. So yeah, he just never wanted to see it again. But, but can technique change over time, Dees? So I'm thinking in a cricket sense of, um, uh, you look at a Steve Smith. You would so much of what he does is what was always taught to us to be technically incorrect. Yet he's an absolute freak of a of a 
cricket over hits balls from positions he shouldn't to places he shouldn't but does it over and over and over and over again mm. to a point that a lot of kids are starting to emulate him and actually getting some pretty decent results. Mm. Is it possible that what we consider as technically correct and visually correct doesn't really matter? It's what is effective. A hundred percent, yes. And the biggest um, exponent of that I can tell you is over the last 20 to 25 years, let's call it 20, there's been so many supernated or bowed left wrists in the golf swing like never before you look back in the in as i said 70s 60s 50s and then early 1900s so is that the opposite to a cut a cup yes yes so so you so you 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 try your your lead arm if for a right hander with the wrist set if it goes back you know generically people would like to see it as flat yeah like the 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 lead arm the forearm and and the wrist um forming a, a straight line but there's been more and more cuppers or bowers or supernators, if you'd like to call that, where the the you know, Dustin Johnson kind of look, John Rahm, Spieth, Kepka, Makakawa, or you know, everyone. Basically, now everyone's learning that as soon as you can get into that supernated position, provided that you haven't got too strong of a grip, you are good to go. Rip it because your your club's trailing your hands, and away you go. That was oh my god, that was just beat out of you back in the day, like beat out of you. You had to have nice wrist set or even cup because you, you had to get a longer swing and more power. And they didn't understand enough about the biomechanics and the, and the way the body could stretch off each other and, and yada, yada, yada. So, yes, in answer to your question, it can definitely change where what we think is good <laughs> is then shown up to be, oh, gee, actually, that, you don't need to look like that. You can look like something else and that's way more effective or, or even better beneficial. So, so it's about the ability for it to be repeatable. And Ben Crenshaw, with his slightly wristier stroke, no one's been coached like him, yet he, evidence would suggest that, you know, other than Tiger Woods, the greatest putter of all time. Um, you know, two very clear techniques, but at some point in time, don't try and reinvent the wheel and don't try and give me cookie cutter. Understand other elements within my field regime, because now we've got, from a grip point of view, on top of learning from the greats, we've got... Baseballs and overlaps and interlocks and cross-handed and claw and a cross-handed claw. A mate of mine grabs his left arm with his right arm and grabs the putter with one hand because we're all desperate to find our own solution and swing your swing. And it's funny, Kipper, is that you talk about in a full swing to own your swing and swing your swing, but not necessarily putt your putt. Not that you're saying don't putt your putt, but in fact, Faxon, you were saying he did. That was one of the incredible things about Faxon is that if every putt is a two-foot putt, so every putt you're ever going to have is a two-foot putt, just depending on the speed and the line, but every other putt's a two-foot putt, the goal is to be able to hit it over that same spot two feet away from the ball 100% of the time, irrelevant to how it looks or how yeah, you do it. That's, uh, that's some serious proximity to the hole, Phil. Yeah, well, I'm planning on hitting to two feet. That is uh, 100% the crux of, uh, I suppose, this whole argument is that the better you get at the game the more that you are really astute at hitting over that little spot. And initially when you start the game, you might get it over there every so often, right, which which happens to go in, but you're certainly not good at it all the time. So is it the easiest? Because you can get it over the spot very easily initially and but not as regularly. But for some people, they can't do that with a full swing and they can't do that with, a, with the chip shop. And, and it's very confronting to them when they are so far off the beaten track compared to a putt that only misses by... Yeah, let's call it a couple of inches. So I'm fascinated that Phil doesn't think chipping's the hardest part of the game. <laughs> I 
Because he... I'm uh, very concerned that I've just actually led myself down a path that I didn't want to go, which is if it came down to it and you measured you measured ease by can I... what is Which part of the game can I most likely hit the ball over a two-foot spot at different speeds? It, it would appear that putting, Your Honour... Now, Your Honour... I'm. <laughs> hey, hey, hang on. Hey. I'm going to object. Hang on. Ch- chambers, chambers, in my chambers. Would, Philip, would you take a ten foot putt or a ten foot chip? Your Honour, I'd like to approach the bench at this point in time. <laughs> um, new evidence has come to light. The jury will disregard the previous remark. New evidence has come to light, and I am in complete agreement on the basis of something stupid that I suggested that Kipper led me down without me even knowing, as a good lawyer should. Easy, easiest thing ever, yet people putt off the green because it's easier to get close to the hole than chipping. Mm. We're going to move on to chipping in a future podcast, but I would like to rest my case as putting is by far, by far, the easiest Phil, you've talked a fair bit about equipment. Is there is there something in equipment uh, or any kind of variable that you've found has helped you improve yours? Because I've got a very clear one for me that um, actually made a genuine difference very quickly. I can tell you that with all the changes in grip sizes and length and length and head shape and MOI and everything else, the putter that I most prefer to putt with of anything that I've ever had in my hands is my designed by Ben Crenshaw. Mm. That keeps going in and out of your bag. Hmm. That I keep taking out of my bag because you're looking for other solutions as opposed to... Just get better no, no, with really, this really, it's just yeah. you. Find the one you love and love it. Is that the one on the Barons um, episode nine? The reboot, yes. That's the rebooted one. But you... uh, Which we did feature in a beautiful reboot. Thank you, Kipper. You did, touch, you did just touch on there, Phil, the fat grip. The fatter grip made a massive difference for me. Just took my wrists out of it, and the two two things, one. Oh, I'm imitating life. It was there. You go. Well, it's got to feel it's got to feel natural in your hands, Phil. But there's there was the bigger there was the bigger grip uh, that I, has really helped me with the wrists. But also, the, the other massive tip that has just cha- completely revolutionised my putting um, and kept me so much more consistent is Kipper's tip, um, the the oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. an Egyptian tip, massive. Brilliant tip. Go back to season. If you haven't seen it, go back to season one. I can't remember what episode it is, so you'll have to watch all twelve episodes. Unlucky for you, but it was the <laughs> tip that Kipper gave us, um, the the putt like an Egyptian, and, and it's how to how to rock how to rock your arms without lifting your head. Or, or you know, he'll he'll explain it better than me. But it's a it it completely changed it. Um, rhythm and just pacing. Really good for pacing. Incredible. YouTube Golf Barons TV. But that's a badly thing, isn't it, Kipper? Yeah, well, well, he he. Well, they, I remember having discussions with um with him and, and Fax. Him and Fax used to putt a lot on, on you know different tournaments because they were both obviously very good putters. So they liked to compete against each other. So they would, you know, you'd be having practice rounds or whatever, and then you'd find yourself in the putting green. They'd always have competitions, and just sitting there as a little young you know startup listening to their conversations was was frightening really because then I'd walk off. You know, I guess from their conversation and stand by the bag or whatever, and they'd they'd be doing their thing or or fucks would go off and bads would go off, and I'd be just left there standing there. And then you'd listen to other touring pros, world class, best players in the world, talk about putting, and 
it was only then I realized, my God, these most of these people actually don't know what they're talking about, which is super sad and why they're, you know, they're struggling so much with their, their um, actual games overall is because they, they think about putting and they don't understand what, you know, basically bads and facts, um, you know, completely understand, which was, you know, it's, it's purely about repetitive motion, as you said, Phil. It's purely about creating the same stuff over and over and over. And the way that they would talk about it with their, the arm use and they're looking at the hole and they're putt to a picture like Tiger talks about and everything, it was incredible listening to, to some of their um, conversations versus, you know, the, maybe the technical stuff you'd hear from people that weren't great putters and they were trying to keep their head still and I'd see the club under their arms and I'd doing these big shoulder rock um, type things and you're like, oh my God, you're never going to, if you rock your shoulders, you, you, you know, your skeletal system is attached to your shoulders. It's not your shoulders that hit the shot, like it's your arm. So yeah, there was many, many times where I'd have light bulb moments as a little guy, like standing there going, I just wish I could talk to you know some of these great players and go, uh, excuse me, you you're wrong, um, but 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 I could never ever say it right because I was like just this little Poindexter kid standing next to a bag. But I'm like I had so much to offer these people, but they, yeah, you know, I could never never actually talk to. And them I think about. there's a point probably in a lot of sports, and in, I'm going to bring basketball up here, the idea of shooting and what where the the pressure should be and speaking to Davman one of the greatest shooters Australia's ever seen the Davman but but the idea of, of technique and of release point and of arc and of all these other elements that go in the great shooters have and the great shooting coaches have very different conversations about that art than those who just do it because it's part of the game. And my gut feel is from a PGA Tour point of view and this is a gut feel and when you look at all the trading aids and all the you know what endorsement bullshit that goes on at the start of tournaments with training aids and everything else that's all about money from people who are just who are just plucking you know solutions out of the air as opposed to going back to saying now what did Crenshaw do and what did Faxon do and what did Baddeley do and what did Tiger do but but most of that stuff is 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 so kept in-house Phil like they don't because they're not asked about it I guess a lot um everyone always a good putter but they don't ask them questions. I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this last story about um, Kevin Nah. I'll never forget this because Kevin um, used to live in Scottsdale along with me and Bads and Mickelson and, and all the crew, Ogilvy, and we used to all go to Whisper Rock and, and practice and play. I'd just obviously stand there most of the time because I was catting, but <laughs> occasionally I got to eat a ball. And um, I remember we had a, a money game one day. It was it was me, Kev, um, Bads, and a great Australian player, um, Alistair Presnell. And we went out, yeah, we went out and had a hit and, and um, Kevin Nard didn't play that great. And um, after the round, he, 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 he just flat out asked Aaron, he goes, Aaron, you saw me putt all day today. I hit the ball pretty decent. He goes, I'm, I'm clearly not even close to where you are. Can you, can you help me? And Aaron's like, okay. So Aaron took him over to the putting green and gave him like two or three drills um, to do about, you know, basically break lines pace apart wasn't anything to do with technique at all it was just purely the way to think about holding a putt um so he set up all different tees and and got kevin to putt outside of tee almost like we did with um with you phil where the, the brake lines were a part of it but a bit more um full on for, for kev anyway next week uh we, where were we uh 
it might have been Greater Greensboro. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Kevin goes out and nearly wins. He finishes second, right? Lo- loses by a <laughs> shot, right? And I remember Bads, who still struggling with his ball striking, and he, and he was down the, down the field. We made the cup, but we, um, we finished like you know, 40th or something. And he's like, I'm never talking to anyone about my putting. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine another sport where your direct opponent, you're giving tips to your direct opponent on how to get better? But I think that is the beauty of our but the beauty of our game is that it's just beat yourself. That's all it is, right? It's not beat anyone else. It's beat yourself. If you beat yourself and you lose, then then you lose. But if you if you beat yourself and you win, then you win. Like that's just what this great game is. So so there is is a fair bit of that on tour where people help each other out. Um, yeah, another time I remember Bubba Watson's hitting balls next to Bads one day, and and I was like, I can't I can't hit my cut. I can't hit my cut, Bads. I can't hit my cut, and, and he basically he's just. Bad's going to get a word in, and and Bad's is like, yeah, well, every time you normally hit your cut, you're on your toes, and at the moment you're just flat footed. He's like, what? He goes, he goes, you're always on your toes when you hit your cut, so just try to feel like your weight goes to your toes as you hit your cut. And then anyway, he starts just smashing these drivers down there and cutting. And yet again, he finishes like third for the week. And he's like, hey, great, great tip, Bads, great tip, Bads. And Bad, Bads is making his way to the car park on, the car park on Friday, are they missing the cut? <laughs> so, yet again, I think he'll be giving out that advice very often again. So, But he was, he was very good at, um, uh, a very good onlooker, Bads. He, he took a lot of things in, so yeah. Gents, if you had to have someone make an eight-foot putt for your life um, and they're in their prime, who do you choose? Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that. My initial reaction was mum because not a great not a great stroke, but by God she'd care. Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you, Dennis Committee. Uh, but no, Tiger. I had Tiger. How, that's, isn't it funny? All, that's it. All three of us independently, Tiger. And, and and the stats will show that he was never the greatest putter of all time, but he was but right. When it mattered. No, when but he it was mattered. Right. Yeah, but statistically, and Phil's probably gone over him the last week or two, he was phenomenal at all parts. I remember there was a stat, Phil probably knows this, about 2003 or maybe 2001 or 2002. It might have even been a bit later, where he had like four or five years without missing a putt outside four feet. Yeah, well, I think right? it was five feet, was five feet, three inches or something, and never missed a putt in like yeah. something like 180 or 160 rounds. Or, well, I don't know what it yeah. was. Either way, it was... Whatever the number is, it was ridiculous. It was frightening. I just remember thinking, well, I miss them every two holes. Um, yeah, so I think, but the clutchness, that's what Tiger was. He was clutch. Like, and, 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 and there was... And he still, he will be one more. He will be again. Oh, I'm telling you, he will. Yeah. Please, If he can walk, there's a chance. Praise be. Do you know why he was a good putter? Because he hit it close to the hole? Because it's the easiest what? part of the game. <laughs> Outstanding. And and on that note, I think we better bring today's Tenuous Links podcast to a close. Thank you to Kipper and Philly for sharing their thoughts on all things putting and a few that were not. Be sure to sign up at golfbarons.com. Follow us on all of our socials and remember to Series Link Season 2 of Golf Barons now playing on Fox Sports 503 and on KO and Foxtel On Demand. Thanks again for listening, Barons. And until next time, remember to add some swagger to your swing and get it close.